Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Inside Method, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit different approach to what we're doing here today because I'm sitting down with Carrie Brunsman, who is uh, a principal architect of experience design here at Method, and she is a continuous learner uh, within the company, just always looking to kind of lean into new subjects and explore topics that, that she's just curious about. So that's actually the name of the these podcasts with her is going to be called Okay, I'm Curious. And the idea here, uh, Carrie, can you walk us through what were what was the thought behind uh, why you wanted to pursue these interviews? Yeah, so I wanted to have a podcast that highlighted some of the incredible intelligence that I keep running into in my job. And to start, a lot of them are here at Method. And I, I just wanted to get a really quick intro of some of the things that they talk about. So I'd call these like shorts. They're 20-minute discussions on something that people are passionate about, and I think that we can all learn a little bit about that. Today, we're going to be hearing your interview with Michael Ojo, but he's going to be talking a little bit about humor and the role that it can play within the workplace. Is that right? Exactly. And, okay, so I'll ask you, Josh, because you guys, our two marketing guys, you and Brad, are very funny, and you make a lot of our meetings funny, so you guys actually use humor a lot. Yeah here at Method. So, I mean, how do you guys think about using, you know, humor? Yeah, I, I think to me, humor is a tool that can help to break down barriers. It, you know, I think there's a natural expectation, especially on the front end of meetings and, and, and campaigns that you're getting ready to embark on where people don't know what to expect and they get a little uptight. And I think humor kind of helps set the tone a little bit about Hey, we can be professional, we can be smart, we can be experts in what we're doing, and we can still have fun mm-hmm. along the way. Exactly. So that's what we're going to hear about from Michael and how he uses it, especially because he comes from a little bit different background, but how he's used it most of his life, uh, really used humor and kind of breaks it down. It doesn't have to be so hard. You don't have to be a comic. It's pretty easy just to lighten the tone, come in light, and uh, have a good time with your meetings. Yeah. So we're looking forward to them, and we appreciate you being willing to jump in and highlight some of the folks in the company. Today's conversation is with Dr. Michael Ojo. He's the Associate Director of Business Design at Method. Michael has spent his career consulting in strategic management and product development, all while keeping the customer central. He has a reputation for being funny and charismatic. So listen to hear how to make your interactions fun experiences. Okay, I'm curious, how about you? Welcome, Michael. Welcome to Okay, I'm Curious. Happy to be here. This is this is exciting. I'm looking forward to to this experience. We're talking about laughter and humor today. So I just I think it's important just kind of to describe you first before we get started. Because I think of you as a very you're very cheery, you're funny, you're happy, you're a very joyful personality. So it's interesting to think that part of that personality is actually a learned behavior you know, or a tool that you use to connect with the world around you. I think, I mean, I think we all have, we all relate to that, right? Of learning different techniques or tools to function in these different environments that we're around. But can you talk about how you used humor as a kid? Sure, sure. Um, I think, uh, I think my, my disposition is just, it's embedded in my DNA to be silly and funny. Uh, Maybe, you know, as an adolescent, it was probably, uh, 
probably not the best character traits, you know, being a kid, you know, sit, sit cross-legged, say your, your, you know, homework assignment or whatever. I'm, I was too fidgety. Um, but for me, I think being funny, being humorous, um, really, it was my way of communicating. It was my way of, um, really expressing what I felt. And, uh, it's, it was my mechanism to, 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 uh, shield me from my shyness, my, you know, my um, anxiety apprehension. Um, it's, it's, it's who I am. It's, it's how I live my life, you know, day to day. So I think it's really interesting because we're talking about, you know, learning about it in college, but, or learning about it as a child, but then also in college, you were working with a PhD, you know, an actual professor who was, who was studying humor. How did that continue your, your evolution of learning about humor? And what did you learn from him? Oh, love it. Love it. So, um, one of my professors, um, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't remember exactly the, 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 the scene of setting, but. I remember early on in my, you know, my doctorate where this, you know, this professor just kept cracking jokes and being silly when you think, all right, I'm in a doctorate, this is a very highbrow, everyone should be, you know, studious and whatnot. And, um, you know, come to find out that humor was part of his um, research interests and how it impacts learning and how we might use it for leadership. And so that really kind of opened my eyes and solidified or validated a lot of, um, uh, feelings, things that I just experienced over the course of my life up until that point that, oh, wow, actually this is, you know, being funny, being silly is a way to, to communicate is a, is a, it's a way to learn. It's a way in which, um, we, we teach. And for me, I think it resonated with me a lot because uh, I think the nature of the work that I do, being in the product space, doing, you know, CX strategy, just being a consultant in general, it's very tough to um, work with a new client and get them to to, to, to latch on to what you're thinking about or have a, a, a crucial conversation, have a tough conversation and, you know, uh, with the hopes of getting the outcome that you desire. And having experienced that, having been in his class, um, I just felt validated about, you know, all the things that I've done since childhood up until that point. Um, he really just was, um, an inspiration and, and kind of a, an icon for, for my way of being, way of doing. So here you get validated for this, but then you have a work experience. that's a little different. So can you tell us about some of your early work experiences and how, um, they expected you to act? Sure. Sure. So, you know, I, as I said, I, I've been in consulting all my life and, um, you know, big four consulting is, is where I started my career and for what it's worth, it, it has taught me and has shaped how I work, how I work with others, um, and what I do. But I think what, um, as a byproduct of, you know, these big monolithic, uh, uh, uh companies and, and, and businesses is that if you're not careful you're, you're very robotic. There's never any room for silliness or jokey, you know, jokey joke talk, or perhaps that happens after a long work day. You know, you get to a meeting, it's 1.30, what's the update? All right, we're gonna change this to red. I'm gonna send a status update. And now everyone is, you know, losing their mind. And 
that is the experience of your managers. Once you become a manager or a leader and you're in, you know, in that position, that's how you might treat someone. And so it's this continual cycle of there's no room for humor. There's no room for silliness. There's no room for levity about the hard work that we're doing, you know, and a lot of the work is very superficial. I need a new financial system for my company. Again, I need a system to enter my time and print, you know, payroll or send payroll and do all this kind of, again, I'm not being very uh, 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 superficial about it and very, you know, but it's, that's what we're doing. You know, and you're telling me that I can't take a couple of minutes and talk about how, you know, I was up till three o'clock in the morning watching, you know, the new season of Stranger Things and had, you know, nightmares and silly stuff like that. It, it strips you of a little bit of your humanity and prevents you from really connecting, even on a short term, like with, with people, not clients, not companies, but people, um, yeah. So how do those small moments, like you just talked about, like how do those moments, like how does bringing a little bit of humor into that workplace, how do people respond? Like, what does that do to the workplace? Well, I, it's for me, I think, um, it's, I, I think my style of humor, my, my approach to, to levity is self-deprecation. Look, I, I am not perfect. I am not the handsomest, you know, you know, man alive. I don't have the highest, you know, IQ or whatever. I'm just a, a black man trying to make it day to day. And I think a lot of, of us think about these types of things with, you know, in our own, um, you know, within our own identity space, but we never talk about it and we never bring it to light. And so I think it starts with making fun of myself and laughing and, and letting people know, hey, I also found me being afraid of bees and bugs silly i know it's it's irrational this tiny thing terrifies me i'm i'm letting you know that it's okay to laugh and laugh with me and oftentimes when you do that okay all right this person is not you know michael's not being you know uh, uptight I, I think i can let down my hair so to speak and and be comfortable and i think that's where it starts being a little bit vulnerable uh, you know self-deprecating being making others feel welcome to laugh at the absurdities of life you know i think that's where it starts no i think that's that's great um and there's certainly places that you know humor is less less accepted i mean we know that let's just caveat that but sure. i think in the context of using humor like what would you say are the best places to do that i mean I, personally because i think i'm a lot like you i started yeah. meeting usually saying something ridiculous about myself but that's that's my starting just a regular meeting but where would you set up like where are the places that you think this works really well um i think so you know i think um you know a lot of the work that i do requires you know team meetings team settings and you you, you of course I, you know I, I wouldn't say just go in to any kind of conversation of setting and say hey everybody let me tell you about this silly thing that happened to me right um, I have a big believer that there's always a space, there's always room for it. And, um, I think it's any kind of group setting. Um, you know, perhaps it's, you know, a team of five, maybe you have a big audience, maybe it's just one-on-one -on -one. to me. I don't think the, 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 not the nomination or, you know, size of the group is, is particularly, um, 
uh, main criteria of it. I, I think definitely context, the sure, don't go into very important meeting. Perhaps they're, you know, talking about sensitive topics and start cracking jokes, but I think if there's any opportunity, if there's any meeting in which we're talking about just business as usual, go in and, 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 and have some time. Um, I think when we think about time in general, try to show up early because you find out that that couple minutes that you arrive early is the best time to, to really warm up the crowd and check in and, you know, learn and listen. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not at, you know, an uptown, a comedy club where you have to go and do a bit, but you know, that's a space where you can be real and be honest and chuckle and laugh. And you know, what, what silly thing happened to you today? I think that's a great question to, to prompt someone to kind of like, oh, whoa, I thought we were talking about the status of this migration. You're asking me about something silly. Everyone has experienced something silly in their life. And uh, again, it's, it's the grease around the, the joints. It's the sugar to help the medicine go down. It's, it's kind of like priming the pump a little bit before, you know, you're going to have to go full steam ahead. We're all in this together, but you're so right. Like those few minutes before a meeting starts, if you get there a little early, those early people start conversations and that's where you kind of pick up these little tidbits of their life that are fun or funny or that they've had to go through. I mean, you're right. Just that's great advice is to start that meeting a little early. So what if you don't consider yourself funny? Do you have to be a funny person to kind of bring laughter and humor into meetings? Oh, I, I, I've had a lot of people, um, I, I feel like I, I keep working with people and connecting with people that say, oh, you know, Mike, you, oh, Joe, you're, you're, you're so funny. You do it so effortlessly. I'm like, you can do it. I, I'm, you know, I tell folks right now I'm freestyling and more than half of the jokes or silly things I say don't land well. And, you know, I still get nervous and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to start sweating and nervous. I can't breathe and all that kind of stuff. And so I tell people, look, I am flying by the seat of my pants here. I'm, I'm freestyling. This is, this is ad libs. Being a comedian is not my job or my role or something I even say I identify within in my professional space i'm i acknowledge the humor that again comes to 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 our lives daily and you'll find that everyone has something that makes them laugh everyone has something that is funny and silly and you just say look embrace it tell me a story tell me something interesting so i think a lot i i don't i don't want to give anyone the impression that you must have jokes lined up in your head. It's a, it's a, it's really being yourself, being comfortable, embracing your humanity. So I'm kind of curious then because you are a leader, you, you manage people. I mean, you, you're a leader of projects. Like how does humor affect, this is your internal people. So I'm seeing how it, it does, how it affects the projects when you have plants or when you're working with, you know, uh, different peers. But, but when you're talking about, you know, your directs, how does that how does that approach benefit you with your team? I, you know, I think out, out of the gate, I try to, you know, to me, the value of, of bringing light and levity to um, any relationship, any conversation early on is that it makes the hard conversations easier. 
you know, I, 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 I tried to quickly learn and, and genuinely get to know someone because there's going to come a point and I know it, it will come where we're going to have a tough conversation. I'd say like someone's going to lose their job or maybe it's, you know, how do I ask this person for help or how do I provide feedback to this person? How do I get a promotion? How, how do I connect, you know, with this, this team? I don't, you know, Hey, Odra, I don't know if I want to be on your team anymore. I, I kind of like this team. Okay. I, no harm, no foul. That's fine. Um, it, to me, I think breaks down, breaks down a lot of the barriers and breaks down a lot of the, you know, frustrations that come with approaching these, these, these challenging conversations. And so again, again, I, I, I try to keep a light. I try to give folks, um, give them the permission to, to be, to be candid. And, and I start with myself, like, Hey, this is where I'm coming from. This is what I'm feeling. You know, here's where I see some of the light in this. Take me as I am. And I think more often than not, when, when I do that, when I, when I, when I behave in that manner, it makes my peers, my directs, my, my, my managers, my leads much more open, honest, genuine, kind of forthcoming, um, with their thoughts and feelings. And so I think that's also probably, a, you know, uh, if this is a moment of therapy, I think that's probably a low underlying, uh, anxiety that I have of like, I, I worry how people see me and view me. I worry how, how I come across. Look, I'm a, I'm a big black man, six, two, two something pounds. <laughs> and, and I live in a world that the temperature is just a little bit higher socially, not environmentally. You know, that's a whole nother thing, but socially <laughs> it is, it is a hot and I cannot afford to flip up. I can't afford to have people misinterpret. Yeah, I was going to say misinterpreted or misrepresented. Yeah, um, and that's not to say that I put on a facade. It's it's that's the opposite. You're being authentic. Yeah, I have to lean into it because otherwise, people will say, "You know, this this big black man is mad." You know, black. You know, uh, angry black man. I don't want to be an ABM, right? And I have days where I am that way. I have days where I am that way. And people know that, you know, one of my managers said, look, there are people that are thermostats and thermometers. You know, Mojo, you are the thermostat. And it's an uncomfortable position sometimes, but then I own it because, yeah, I'm going to set the tone. If I want it to be light and fun and cool and peak, that's what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I have to be that way for my peers, my colleagues, um, so that they perhaps can be thermostats and and set the tone and be comfortable let down their hair and yeah i think that's really important i love the idea that this isn't just being funny or you know making people laugh it's really about setting that tone and if you want that tone to be light yeah go in feeling light i mean be light and it it will it will come out and you will actually change the way people react to you mm-hmm. do you have any kind of closing thoughts anything you want to sum up um before we wrap yeah, I, I would say um, it is tough kind of getting out of yourself and and being authentic, being genuine. And and I and I want to kind of underscore that being genuine doesn't mean you have to be, 
you know, wackadoo crazy person. Um, there's a certain level of intimacy that comes with being able to, to, to be yourself and have someone reflect that back to you. And I think we all look for that. Right. And it, we just want someone to, um, you know, I think, uh, communication, I think, I think of it as, as dancing, you know, there's, there's some folks that like to waltz. Some folks like to break dance, you know, some others like to do the robot, you know, and some others want to square dance, whatever it is. Um, to me, I think the, the funny thing about it is one talking about communication in terms of, of humor and acknowledging that we all communicate and operate in different ways. We all learn in different ways. Uh, to me, I think it's be your authentic self. And if being silly and funny and making jokes is part of what makes you you, embrace it, lean into it. I think folks will go far. I, sh- I certainly have gone far- further than I have, you know, being being silly. Nice wrap up. I like it. And I think I've just noticed that my cheeks are hurting. I think I've grinned, even though we haven't been necessarily laughing. It's been a fun conversation. I've been grinning the whole time. So thanks, Michael. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If there's anything else that you're curious about, go ahead and message me on social and we can make that a topic for one of our next conversations. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.